Let's face it, money is the one subject we all need to deal with, but no one actually wants to talk about. The good news is there's a podcast helping you learn everything about money no one taught you. Meet Everyone's Talking Money, hosted by me, Shauna Game. Everyone's Talking Money focuses on relevant, inclusive, and forward-thinking conversations around money and just helps you get in a better relationship with your money no matter what your goals are. Do yourself a favor and subscribe to Everyone's Talking Money podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Mentally Stronger, the show that will help you develop the mental strength you need to reach your greatest potential, no matter what life throws your way. I'm Amy Morin, psychotherapist, mental strength trainer, and an international best-selling author of five books on mental strength. You're listening to The Friday Fix. Every Friday, I share a quick mental strength strategy that can fix the thoughts, feelings, and actions that can hold you back in life. And the fun part is, we record the show from a sailboat in the Florida Keys. Make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite platform so you can get mental strength tips delivered to you every single week. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Do you worry that other people are judging you or staring at you? Do you think that you're socially awkward most of the time? Are you scared of public speaking? If so... Today's episode is for you. Today I'm talking about social anxiety. About 12% of the population qualifies for a diagnosis of social anxiety disorder. But you don't need to have a full-blown disorder to experience social anxiety. It's something that everyone can relate to, to some degree or another. Social anxiety involves the fear of being watched or judged by other people. And individuals who meet the criteria for a diagnosis of social anxiety disorder experience it to the extent that they struggle to function and it interferes with daily life. They might have trouble speaking at meetings at work or they might not want to eat lunch alongside their coworkers. Their symptoms might interfere with their friendships too. They might not be able to attend social events or they might have trouble meeting new people. It affects their ability to do daily things too like shop at the store or go to appointments. Sometimes even one-on-one conversations feel painful. So it's possible that you might qualify for a diagnosis at one point in your life, but it doesn't mean that you'll have it forever. As a kid, I experienced tons of social anxiety. I rarely spoke to anybody I didn't know, and I hardly spoke at all at school unless I was talking to my friends. Almost every report card included a comment from my teachers that said something like, Amy's painfully shy, or we rarely hear Amy's voice. If I had a question or I needed something, I had two best friends that helped me out because they weren't shy. In high school, my English teachers used to read my papers for me in front of the class. And I even went to this really small school where there were like 15 people in my class and I knew them all. But back then I was a firm believer that the less I spoke, the less likely I was to say something stupid. I would have never imagined in a million years that I'd eventually have this podcast or I'd give a TEDx talk that's been listened to by over 22 million people. Public speaking was by far my biggest fear. And despite the fact that I now have a podcast and I get paid to give speeches, I still have moments where I feel anxious in social situations. And I met a lot of other public speakers who say the same thing. It's easier to get on stage and talk for a specific amount of time in front of a crowd than it is to attend like the cocktail hour afterward 
where there aren't any specific rules on what I should say or who to talk to. But social anxiety is weird like that. It doesn't always make sense. So if you struggle with social anxiety to some degree, just know that you're not alone. And I promise you don't have to struggle with it forever. Social anxiety is a really common reason that people come into my therapy office. But of course, when you have social anxiety, going to therapy and talking to somebody is really hard to do. Even calling the therapist's office to make an appointment can be a huge barrier. Sometimes people have friends or family members help them make that first appointment. And of course, now that we have online therapy, it makes it a lot easier for someone who says, you know, I can't really go talk to somebody face-to-face because it's just too intimidating. But there's also a fair amount of research that shows self-help strategies can work well for social anxiety. There are things that you can practice right in your own home that can help you feel more confident in social situations. Here are three strategies that could help you overcome social anxiety. Number one, stop your safety behaviors. When you have social anxiety, you likely have what therapists call safety behaviors. These are the things that you do to reduce your anxiety or to reduce the likelihood that you're going to embarrass yourself. Ironically, though, the safety behaviors that are meant to keep you from looking socially awkward tend to make you look socially awkward. You might rehearse what you're going to say before you start a conversation, but you might rehearse it to the point that you sound completely scripted. Or you might avoid eye contact or speak very little because you're trying to avoid saying something silly. You might wear certain clothing to hide symptoms of anxiety like a turtleneck that could hide the fact that your neck turns red. Or you might wear dark clothes to hide the fact that you get kind of sweaty when you feel nervous. And you might think that those safety behaviors help you, but they don't. They might temporarily reduce a little bit of anxiety in the short term, but in the long term, they make social anxiety worse. In fact, there's research that shows those safety behaviors are more likely to cause other people to view you as less authentic and less likable which are usually the exact opposite of what you're trying to achieve. But if you step back and think about it, it makes sense. People will relate to you better if you stumble over your words rather than if you give them a scripted speech. People will trust you more if you look them in the eye or if you ask them questions rather than if you just stare at the floor and seem uninterested in what they have to say. So take a step back and think about the things you do to avoid feeling anxious in a social situation. Then, stop doing those safety behaviors. I know it will feel scary if you don't have them, but it will help you in the long run. Remember, you can always try not doing them as an experiment just to see what happens. Do you want to get high-quality meat delivered straight to your house? Or in my case, a sailboat? Try ButcherBox. It saves me time and money. And if you order right now, Mentally Stronger listeners can get steak, chicken, or salmon free in every single order for an entire year. I love that ButcherBox offers grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, and wild-caught seafood. There are no antibiotics or added hormones. They even offer vegetarian options. ButcherBox lets you decide how often you want deliveries, and you can pick a curated plan, or you could completely customize your box. Sign up at butcherbox.com stronger and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer, plus an additional $20 off. 
Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com stronger and use code STRONGER to choose your free-for-a-year offer. Plus, get $20 off your first order. This is the first time in my life when I haven't had a pet. Up until two years ago, I had Jackson, a 19-year-old Himalayan cat, and Fiona, a 17-year-old English Springer Spaniel. Both of them lived on the sailboat and adjusted pretty well to life on the water. I miss them, and I look forward to getting another pet when the time is right. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of the family, and you want the best for them no matter what. But vet bills can really add up. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash stronger. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash stronger. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash stronger. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency, LIM. Number two, engage in social mishaps on purpose. In therapy, we often prescribe what's called social mishap exposure. So we know that exposure therapy is an effective treatment for certain types of anxiety, like a phobia or social anxiety, which actually used to be referred to as social phobia. So when people with social anxiety are afraid to do something embarrassing, we encourage them to do those embarrassing things on purpose. And over time, it teaches them that being embarrassed isn't as bad as they imagined and that people don't judge them as harshly as they think. One of my former clients always felt like people were staring at her whenever she went out. So if she went to the grocery store, she'd only go in the middle of the night. She'd go to a 24-hour store where there'd be fewer people. But one of our experiments involves her going to a store in the middle of the day when she knew it was going to be crowded. She wore a T-shirt that actually said, say hi to me if you read this. She had it specially printed just for this experiment. And it said it on both the front and the back. Because she thought everybody was staring at her. And she predicted before she went in that if she went in there with that t-shirt, a million people were going to say hi to her. But in fact, literally no one said hi to her. And this experiment helped her see that even though she felt like everyone was staring at her all the time, the truth was actually most people didn't even notice her. So yes, the treatment for social anxiety often involves embarrassing yourself on purpose just to prove that other people aren't paying nearly as much attention to you as you think. Here's some examples of social mishap exposures that therapists often prescribe to people. Number one, approach three people on the street and ask them to help you tie your shoes. Number two, stand close to a store or a landmark and ask people where you can find that business or that landmark. Number three, Purposely spill your drink on the floor at a fast food restaurant and then clean it up. 
But those things really depend on what embarrasses someone. Someone who rarely leaves the house isn't going to start with these sorts of things. They might just start with eating at a restaurant or buying something at the store. Someone who has slight social anxiety might be challenged to do things that would be even more embarrassing, like singing loudly on the subway. Some people's assignment is to just practice speaking up at every single meeting that they attend. With regular practice, things that feel awkward or difficult or embarrassing gets easier. And the symptoms of social anxiety go away when you realize that people aren't judging you nearly as much as you think. And if they do judge you or think that you're weird, it actually isn't a big deal. And number three, practice self-compassion. Researchers examined what helps people cope with social anxiety symptoms best, and they discovered that self-compassion was key. Let's say you make some kind of a social blunder, like you call somebody by the wrong name, or you think that you said something that may have offended someone. You might rehash that conversation for hours and beat yourself up for whatever it was that you said. That's part of the cycle that contributes to social anxiety. It can cause you to magnify a mistake, exaggerate how much other people noticed, and to get angry with yourself for messing up. But often, people are much more forgiving of our mistakes than we think. In fact, nine times out of 10, when people have social anxiety, they beat themselves up for something that the other person didn't even notice. Studies show if you can practice responding to your struggles with empathy rather than judgment or self-criticism, you recover a lot better, and you'll feel less anxious about future social situations. One of the best things about this study is that it found that people can effectively learn self-compassion on their own. They didn't have to go to therapy to get better. This is important because, as we said earlier, a lot of people with social anxiety don't want to go sit in a therapist's office. One of the best ways to start practicing self-compassion is to notice when you're being hard on yourself. Then ask yourself, what would I say to a friend who said this to me? So let's say you're talking to an acquaintance today and you make a joke. After thinking about it, you start to question whether the other person might have been offended by your joke because they didn't really laugh. Now you're sitting around thinking about how you shouldn't have said that thing and how you're telling yourself that you're stupid and inconsiderate for blurting out a joke when you didn't know the other person that well. The more you replay that conversation and criticize yourself, the worse you'll feel. So the solution is to just pause and say, what would I say to my friend who had this problem? If your friend called you and said, oh, I said something stupid today, I'm so upset, what should I do? You probably wouldn't say, well, you are stupid. That person that you made the joke to probably hates you and never wants to talk to you again, right? Instead, you'd probably say something like, I'm sure it's not as bad as you're imagining, the other person might not have even noticed. And we all say things we regret sometimes, but it's probably not a big deal. Give yourself those same kind words. Take a few deep breaths and talk to yourself with the words that you'd give your friend. And then move on. Stop ruminating on it. When you do that, you'll stop magnifying and exaggerating your social blunders and see that it's okay to make mistakes or to feel awkward sometimes. The more you practice self-compassion, the easier it becomes. You can learn to speak to yourself more kindly over time, too. It's hard to do when you aren't used to it, 
but you can train your brain to be nicer to you. So those are three things that can help with social anxiety. Stop your safety behaviors, engage in social mishaps on purpose, and practice self-compassion. If you're struggling with social anxiety, get help. There are several treatment options that could help you feel better, like therapy, there's also medication, and even online support groups that could help. If you know someone who could benefit from hearing this message, please share this show with them. Simply sharing a link to this episode could help someone feel better and grow stronger. Do you want free access to my online course? It's called 10 Mental Strength Exercises That Will Help You Reach Your Greatest Potential. To get your free pass, just leave us a review on Apple or Spotify and send us a screenshot of your review. Our email address is podcast at amymorinlcsw.com. We'll reply with your all-access pass to the course. Thank you for hanging out with me today and for listening to the Mentally Stronger Podcast. And as always, a big thank you to my show's producer, who is pretty brave when it comes to taking social risks, Nick Valentine. <laughs>